0: I find that when I put my phone down and I grab a book or I'm watching a Netflix series with my daughter, I'm pouring into myself, not pouring out. I was listening to a podcast with Oprah and this Buddhist monk that I cannot pronounce his name very (laughs) properly, but he says the best gift you can give someone is the gift of Mm presence.
1: Welcome to the Build Up Podcast. I'm your host, Priscilla Facy. We are talking to inspiring entrepreneurs about their financial past, present, and future. We're talking to people who were exactly where you are right now. And today we have Diela Canelo, Diela's Kitchen. Thank you, thank you for having me, Priscilla. Author of my favorite cookbook. Yeah, so I heard. <laughs> Just saying. Oh. So I'm super excited to have you here. I mean, you are someone who I really admire because you've built this whole business, this career that sort of intersects travel with food, yeah. and you've got really interesting you know, roots and beginnings. You grew up in the Dominican. Yes. Um, tell so us a probably. little bit about how you got from there to here and how you built this. I grew this. up in
0: Dominican. Um, my family from my mother's side has a farming background, so I learned to appreciate food from very early on. There was never a box of anything processed or anything. Wow. Everything came from the land and the sea. Um, and then about 19, when I was 19, I came to Montreal to go to university. I did nutrition and dietetics uh, mm. at McGill. And when I finished, six months later, I was like going through a newspaper. Air Canada was hiring for flight attendants. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do that for six months. <laughs> and 20 years later, <laughs> I loved it so much. And when, when I moved to Montreal, that's when the passion for food Mm. Began and then being a flight attendant; those two were tied together until COVID. And yeah, I I love discovering new cities and new food scenes, and that's that's my biggest thing in life.
1: And so you f- started off was it with a travel blog, that kind no, of became a food with a, blog. With
0: a food blog. So I lived in Mexico City for three years in between. I between my state in Montreal and Toronto. We moved to Mexico City for three years. I went to pastry school there, oh, wow. and so back that was 2011, Instagram was just a new thing, yeah. and I started documenting architecture and traveled mm-hmm. through Mexico City and pastry, and when I moved back to Toronto in 2013, I think I started the vlog, just the food blog. Um, 2013 yeah but it always had a travel theme to it because exactly. I was going through all these places of the world and doing my guides and discovering cities through food. What are some of your favorite cities that you've visited? Uh, for sure Melbourne has one of the most oh, interesting wow. yeah very very diverse a food scene Melbourne, Barcelona, um, Barcelona, San Francisco in the States. Toronto has a great great food scene. Toronto's the best. Um, in Florence, in Italy.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. So you've been to these amazing places and you, at what point did you realize that this could become an actual lucrative career?
0: Um, I think soon after the blog launch um, and my Instagram started to become, I guess, very popular. Um, But I think the first hint of that was when Random House approached me Mm. to write the cookbook. And it was, like, out of the blue. It was nothing that I was, like, looking for or expected. It was a wonderful surprise. And so I think there I said, okay, this, this okay. will become a career. But I think, you know, as a single mom, too, I've never relied into just one career. Sure. I like to have a couple of things going on. Never did I think, oh, well, I'm going to quit my job as a flight attendant because now this is a new path for me. Sure. Uh, so
1: I love, until COVID, I loved combining them both. So you could... So you were approached by Random House. Mm -hmm. And tell us a bit about the process of writing a cookbook. Because Mm -hmm. in my mind, you're you're into food. You're a chef. You come up with all these great inspiring ideas for dishes that are influenced by your travel and whatnot. It doesn't seem like it's that intensive a process to throw some recipes together and make a cookbook, oh, but it obviously is. It is
0: <laughs> honestly, it's like I, I call this cookbook my third child. It was <laughs> it was labor because doing it. Some people do it while they're working from home or this is their only career. They're mm-hmm. a full time blogger. Being a flight attendant that meant that when I came home um, to work on the cookbook, sometimes I had to shoot seven recipes in a day and cook those seven recipes in a day. Uh, But yeah, the process basically starts with a a proposal. They want you to do a proposal of like, let's say six sweet recipes and Mm. six savory recipes and what the book is gonna be about. Once they approve it, then you have the green light. And basically I started chapter by chapter. I concentrated one chapter at a time. I did all my head notes for all those recipes basically while I was on my time off in the plane okay. and riding them. <laughs> okay, okay. So when I came home, all my time was devoted to cooking. But I am so immensely proud that I, like I was telling you before, I did it all on my own, the photography, the styling, everything. It was quite a surreal moment when I got to hold that book
1: in my hands. It was perfect. It was beautiful. It's, it's, yeah, it's like seeing all of your hard work fully coming yeah. full circle.
0: It was really nice.
1: So you spent all this time writing this cookbook, Mm -hmm. working with the publisher. What was that actual creative process like though? Was it, you know, a lot of artists sometimes say when they're, um, you know, summoned to write something, they've got to do it in a way that isn't really conducive to how they would as a creative. Mm-hmm. Did you find that you were able to really put your soul into it?
0: I, it took me, uh, it was the first time I was writing a cookbook, first Got of it. all. So yeah. they give you like a style guide and you have to go buy it. Okay. So getting used to go by even the way that you need to write recipes for a cookbook are a little sure. bit different, ingredient by ingredient, not yeah. like this. So yeah, it took time to get used to that structure, but then it flew. It flew by, it was really great to write the the head notes. I wanted the reader to be connected to the recipe Mm -hmm. in the way that I felt when I discovered the inspiration for the recipe. And also I wanted to have, there's six travel essays in the cookbook Mm -hmm. of cities that Mm -hmm. have inspired the way I cook. Obviously, Santo Domingo, where I come from, Mexico City, where I live, Melbourne because of that incredible food scene, uh, Barcelona, San Francisco. So I, I wanted to create something more than, than just recipes, yeah. just where these recipes came from, where did the inspiration
1: and came from. And how they tie into to you yeah. and your history and your journey yeah. even. Yeah. And so, so you're doing this creative process. You have really amassed this massive social media following. You're so engaged with your followers. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you kind of balance that with with the actual development of new recipes and what it, where does all of that inspiration come from? Taking, taking
0: time off to create. I think we live in a hustle culture that mm-hmm. wants you to go on, like I was talking about it today on my stories, so until you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. If you don't give yourself time to rest and time, put time aside to create, then when, when are you gonna be working, right? So mm-hmm. during my week, I don't, I don't, I'm not on social media. I can be on stories every day, but I'm mm-hmm. not posting every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, because my family is my priority sure. and I wanna spend time with them. I have a 17-year-old who still lives yeah. at home. Yeah. Um, and I wanna be present. So when she's working, even now working from, like doing school from home in the mornings, I, um, I do my recipes. And now that I don't have the inspiration, uh, from travel to do that. I gather the inspiration of what I have around me too. I live in the Niagara region, yep. which has the Niagara Escarpment and beautiful yeah. produce, beautiful wineries, yeah. um, and just work with the flavors that I've always loved and, and recipes that are simple, that are easy. Mm-hmm. It Doesn't take too long. One of the things that I wanted to create with the book were recipes that max maybe 45 minutes yeah. to put together. I, I love, I've always said I love cooking, but I love spending time with my family the most. So I don't want to spend on a random Wednesday three hours (laughs) in a kitchen, like there's no need.
1: Yeah, no. um, And part of what I love about your your cookbook and even your approach to the recipes is that travel influence that comes Mm -hmm. into it. And I can only imagine how difficult that must be right now because, you know, the state of the world really, yeah. um, well, at least where we are here, there are other places where people are moving around and traveling. Yeah. And every time I see Everything that, I'm sort of like, so are beautiful. we on the same earth? Yeah, it's just like a <laughs> parallel universe. <laughs> um, but so how has that really impacted the way either your business in general, mm-hmm. has it impacted you know, brand partnerships that you do? How has that been influenced? Um, it, has
0: been,
1: it has impacted, I guess, some brand partnerships.
0: I did a lot of things uh, the year before the pandemic with a couple of travel and tourism boards. I went to Champaign to explore the Champaign wow. region. I went to Israel with Vibe Israel, like I did a couple of things that I, I miss because mm-hmm. being exposed to all these amazing food scenes yeah. by people who know them so well—it's—it's it's just a point of view that maybe you couldn't get on your own. Yeah. Uh, so it has impacted in that way, and just the fact that I'm on layoff status from the airline that I was working mm. in—I don't—I don't know. I'm hoping for next year to mm-hmm. be back in the skies, but I, I miss it every day. It's—it's. It's, it's not a job it's you know i hate to say it's a lifestyle but it is it is
1: a lifestyle in a way so so you've so i'm really understanding this now and i don't think i realized before today that you were actually a flight attendant and still active yeah and so you've been able to juggle that career well really it's more of um like a coalescence with the food and the travel um together and have you ever thought of leaving one for the other, like leaving no, the airline never. Space? And
0: that's something that I get asked a lot. Well, you're doing so well with the blog and now the cookbook, why don't you leave traveling? Or it never, you know, I'm, a, I'm like I said, I'm a single mom. And I always, in my mind, not that the more I have, the merrier for sure. jobs, but something that I can handle, right? So because the two things that I love, I'm doing the two things that I love the most, which is traveling and, you know, working with food and they go hand in hand. So why will I leave one for the other? They inspire me equally, they Mm -hmm. feed off each other. So I think it's a wonderful pair. I wanted to continue doing it for as long as I can. So yeah, hopefully next year I'll be flying again because I miss it so much.
1: (laughs) So have you had to pivot or make any other adjustments in your business with COVID? Uh, I haven't. The only adjustment is just
0: getting used to not flying and missing that very much. But I was basically, you know, flying and doing what I do with my blog and Instagram. So now it's been more of nourishing that part Mm. full time, Mm -hmm. which is something also kind of scary because I think that working for yourself and being an entrepreneur and you know, you don't you don't have a payday. You mm-hmm. have whatever many pay, like, you know, terms of payment. So yeah, I miss having that structure of like, oh, and this is the salary that is coming on the 1st and on the 17th. Sure. So I've, I've been used to that and, and I love that, to be honest, so.
1: I feel like in this pandemic, it is because of where we are in Toronto, mm-hmm. that seems to be moving a lot slower than the rest of the world with painfully, this, with kind of slowed. getting back to life. There was a moment even a couple of weeks ago where I was walking through the distillery district and I was like, my eyes need to see something else. My nose needs to smell something. I just need something different. I
0: completely understand you. Like I said, you know that I live like past Burlington, right? So I yeah. come into the city easily three times a week. I need to see my best friend owns Cafe 23. Mm-hmm. I need to go see her. I have a coffee. I walk a little bit to Austin and back. I, we need, we need to, I'm, I'm sorry to say, you know, like obviously we're still in a lockdown uh, stay-at-home <laughs> order, but yeah, doing things that are in a safe way, like yeah. we need human interaction, we need to see, like you said, we need to smell other things, I don't know.
1: I feel like there's going to be this huge rise in, you know, whether it's this just desire and shift to just go out, you know, this, this shift towards when that first concert's released, it's like sold out in a day. Well,
0: <laughs> I have I, bought, I have two tickets to two concerts already. Is it Mark Anthony? One in November. No, it's not Mark okay. Anthony. Did you see the coming. concert online? He's coming. <laughs> it was amazing. He's <laughs> so one is for Arlo Parks. She's an indie singer from the UK. Okay. So that's yep. in September. And then Caribou, which is another indie band from Montreal. And that's November. Here? Yeah.
1: Wow. I'm really interested in this sort of, I don't want to say it's this dichotomy in, in, in your mind and the way you... Are working with these sort of parallel businesses. Mm-hmm. One side, it's the salaried employment and the other side, it's this entrepreneurship that you have. And because I meet with so many people and I want to say 99% of them are like, I want to leave the salary mm-hmm. for the for th- make my side hustle, my mm-hmm. full-time gig. And most people can't make that jump. And you're actually enjoying.
0: I'm enjoying them both, and and I understand why some people want to work for themselves. It's completely valid. Um, But it comes from, A, I really enjoy being a flight attendant. I I love it. I I really, really, truly enjoy it. And the other thing is, you know, I have two kids that depend on me. So for me to throw in that towel and say, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do, you know, be an entrepreneur, I can, I can do it knowing that I have two kids to put through university still, like I, you know, a part of, for me, is the responsible thing to do, but I happen to love it. I know sure. that if I didn't love it, maybe I'll say, you know, like, no, I'll only do my Instagram my blog, but I enjoy it so much, so mm. I don't see the need to, um, to quit, especially when it's so related to what I do in terms of food.
1: Yeah, it is. It's that intersectionality. I think that really it
0: is. Like, I'll give you an example. I go to any random place in the world. I snap for three hours, and the first thing I do is that I head out to a market, okay. and I look for different ingredients, or I buy my favorite cheese or my favorite cava, and that inspires what I do when I come right. back home.
1: Right. It ties so into it life. almost fuels Comple- the business side. Three hundred percent. So your travel is fueling yeah. Yeah. your side hustle. Okay.
0: Yeah, in myself as well, <laughs> in my soul.
1: in your soul, of course. Yeah. Um, and so you started off and you sort of had this really land in your lap, like Random House came to you yeah. and wanted to do a book deal and brand partnerships. Do you have to make effort? Do you pitch them? Do they pitch Not you? really. So
0: I've been with Shine Influencers for about five oh, years. Okay. So they manage me. Some partnerships come through them. But a lot of people, like most of the partnerships, usually come to the influencer, uh, and they reach me directly through email, and then I put them in contact with my agency, and they do all the paperwork in terms of contracts and things like that. So I just have to review, and yeah, the agency is like the middleman, most of the thing, yeah, and I'm I'm really happy there. Yeah, yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. and that I imagine, and they help you set. Pricing and your exactly. rates. Exactly,
0: yeah. they do and negotiate too, because there's a lot of brand partnerships that have massive budgets, but they, you know, want you to work for nothing, and mm-hmm. it doesn't work like that. Like even people say, you know, you can say, oh yeah, it's a picture of I don't know a plate of food or whatever on a, any setting. It doesn't work like that. It's the going to the grocery store. It's coming first with the recipe, and it has to be a creative recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing viral. I have an aversion for anything that is too viral. No feta
1: pasta for me. So no, so. <laughs> no feta not, pasta. what about the feta with the tomato and you put it in the oven?
0: Well, yeah, I did that recipe, yes. but okay. that wasn't okay. that wasn't the feta <laughs> pasta that people went crazy about. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? So it's, it's a whole process. It's the styling. It's the time taking the pictures from mm. me. Take a picture that I'm gonna post on Instagram. Probably I've taken 10 or 15 pictures of the same sub- subject sure. in different angles. Editing coming up with a caption. When it's a sponsored post, a caption can take me an hour to write, yeah. to you know, make it obviously relatable. And while we're at that, I only partner with things that work naturally in my life, mm. but you have to make that caption extra mm-hmm. extra relatable and Authentic,
1: that it doesn't really. sound like yeah. you're you know, going door by door, Sales selling pitch. something, yeah. 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 And I've seen some of those and it's, it's, it jumps out on the screen yeah. at you. And I think that people really pick up on that so that you have to- You don't
0: to- even finish reading. No. Like you're like, no, no, really.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, and so how, what is that process like for you? I mean, the, create, the creative element, it's an artistry really. And so what is that process like when you're looking at a brand partnership? Does it feel like work or does it really?
0: A little bit of each, I said it's still work. You know, you still have to, have to put more time into it than a regular post that you just came up with this recipe and you can share it like that. Um, but I think the best thing to go by is only accept things that you have, like, no issue talking about because you, A, have used them or you have a use for them or you agree with them. Like, I'll give you an example. I think once I was pitched by Coca-Cola and I'm like, absolutely not (laughs) because I don't drink Coca-Cola and I don't give it to my kids and so, no. So it's, it's actually not hard, but the writing is something that, for me, the photo, creating a recipe is absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but writing for a sponsor post, it takes, takes time to create a narrative that is not mm-hmm. gonna sound um, too aggressive.
1: Mm-hmm. And I wonder too, if you having that stable income mm-hmm. from the airline it gives you a little bit more freedom of choice for sure in the absolutely. brands that you partner with because absolutely. i've i've seen you know influencers you know day you know on monday they're talking about almond milk and on wednesday they're promoting you know i always dairy. said so you
0: love everything <laughs> <laughs> everything you love and absolutely. it's just like
1: i know i need all the cash yeah, i need to take it all exactly and and less it's,
0: it's it's very sad and it's all it's always like especially around christmas time it's it's a it's, it's oversaturated, it's like I don't, wanna, I don't wanna see and I don't wanna see that everything that you have is you know, just a paid partnership, like tell me who you are, tell me the things that you enjoy, like mm-hmm. what makes you smile, what recipe mm-hmm. did you, like things like that, life. And while we're at it, I just think time in general away from social media is very necessary. Mm-hmm. I, life is to believe outside of those little squares, like,
1: I remember Ed Sheeran. um, He once said he he took a break from social media for several months. Mm -hmm. And he said, I was living my life through a screen, and I needed to live my life through my life. Yeah. You know, through my own eyes. And so I've. Got to put the phone down, exactly, and I'll be back at some point for,
0: for like for me, for us, it's different, it's like my job, right? But mm-hmm. at the same time, even within being your job, you have to take that time off. I find that when I put my phone down and I grab a book or I'm watching a Netflix series with my daughter, I'm pouring into myself, not mm-hmm. pouring out. Yeah. Um, in the gift of presence, I was, I think, listening to a podcast with Oprah and this. Buddhist monk, that I cannot pronounce his name very (laughs) properly, but he says the best gift you can give someone is the gift of Mm presence, of instead of having a conversation, you like Mm here going crazy, Mm -hmm. presence, and it's just peaceful and fulfilling. So Mm -hmm. we have to do more of that. That's, I I think the hustle culture in a way has been a little bit toxic. And you know, push people like you have to work until you're tired and all day soft. And that's why people have been burning out.
1: Yeah, so what is coming up next for you? What's What's coming up next? I'm
0: honestly, that's another thing. I'm honestly just enjoying the ride of the book and how well it has been received. Um, I have um, a few exciting partnerships coming up. Working on my blog, I have realized that I don't want to stretch myself super thin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that I don't want to go out of my comfort zone, but I just enjoy doing what I'm doing now and splitting that with the time that I have to spend with my kids and maintaining the blog, maintaining Instagram, and waiting to fly again. Um, But yeah, I just. I just i think we have to find what works for us and not be rushing from project to project mm-hmm. but enjoy where we're at if we like if i wanted to i thought about a podcast before but i'm like okay do i have the bandwidth mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. and maintain all these
1: things giving it my all maybe mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. then i'm
0: okay with that
1: yeah and um, just even talking a little bit about you know the process with your book deal i know you mentioned that you have your agency that handles your brand partnerships. Mm-hmm. Did you have an agent? Is that even something that's necessary if so someone's interested in writing a book? For the
0: books, yeah. So my agency didn't deal with the book um, at all. But when you, before you sign a contract, because I have other other friends that have released cookbooks, they advised me, and even the, the my editor at Random House said, like, are you interested in getting a book agent? Because the book agent basically, first thing they do is that they overlook that contract left right and center to make sure that it's okay and then they handle a lot of things that we couldn't do which were book tours and things like that Mm -hmm. Um, but that might be happening sometime soon so it's really good you feel really supported when you have a book agent and yeah yeah
1: Um, and where and this is a question that I ask a lot of guests and I'm curious Um, what advice would you give to your younger self? If you're you're you, you're at where you're at right now, and if you looked back on you maybe 15 years ago, maybe 25, maybe 30 years ago?
0: Just to trust your choices. I think sometimes our intuition is our best guide and we don't listen to it. I remember when I was seven years old, I wanted to be a fashion designer. That's what I loved. And having a very strong feminist mother, she's like, no, fashion designer. (laughs) Like, where are you going to go with that? Like, so I think more than giving that advice to myself, I've given that to my daughters. Mm. And it's like, you want to do this? Go for it. A three hundred percent. Um, One of my daughters changed, you know, careers, she changed what she wanted to study in university, absolutely do it because Mm -hmm. we cannot be, a path is not a straight line. Um, And we have to do at the end of the day, it sounds cliche, but I believe, what the things that make you happy, why do you have to finish a career that is, you know, you're not gonna
1: love, right? I had a friend who has a master's degree in piano Mm -hmm. and at his recital, at the very end of his degree he played piano and he went back afterward and said to his mom are you happy now and he said he would never played piano since and he became a lawyer <laughs> i played
0: piano too for like, for like i don't know eight nine years and, and at the end of it i just didn't enjoy it so i think Again, I think we live in a society that, oh, you started that book, you have to finish it. No, you don't have to finish it. If you don't like it, you don't finish it. Mm-hmm. So, not that you have to flip flop and not be consistent. That's not, not where I'm going. But, um, yeah, the advice will be just to always trust your God because today I'm doing something, while I'm not a fashion designer, but I'm creative. I don't mm-hmm. have a standard mm-hmm. path of what people go to school mm-hmm. for.
1: And this is the thing with entrepreneurship in general. Like, it is not a straight line, exactly it's as not. you've said. And, I mean, you have to I made this real the other day you have to just do the thing you have to get out start doing it you're going to make some mistakes For you're sure. going to pick yourself back up you're going to go again and there's so many people out there who really hesitate they want to figure out the end exactly. before they even get started I'll
0: give you this example a lot of people reach out and say so why do I, how do I become you know, like a successful food blogger I said if you are going into that with that mentality I don't know what to tell you <laughs> I don't know what to tell you because everything takes time it's like running a marathon you cannot from kilometer one make it to you have to go and learn along the way like you said make mistakes and there is nothing wrong with making mistakes nothing at all so I think you have to go into things because you feel passionate about them Mm -hmm. and with hard work and your passion and your creativity that will get you to a point that you can be successful but not how to be that cannot be what drives you Trust yeah. me crazy, <laughs> actually, yeah. just,
1: yeah. And so what's next for you in terms of, I mean, we chatted a little bit about the real estate market and mm-hmm. you're looking to get back into Toronto.
0: Yeah, when I go back to Toronto, uh, we're thinking um, Gabby finishes high school in June of next year. So we're thinking about the beaches mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. you know, Warren wants to go back to that neighborhood. I love the West. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's about compromise. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I could yep, settle yep. for the beaches. I love it. I love the boardwalk. I love the fact that it feels like you're not in the city city. Yeah. There's not you're the host. You're, you're and not. Yeah, yeah, all my friends um, have business around there. I, like all my like true, true friendships are in the city. So it's gonna be nice not having to drive all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, And yeah, I can wait. I can wait to see what I can afford. (laughs) Maybe.
1: And I mean, this and this is like a genuine concern. um, I think for a lot of people. And what from where I sit, I see. You know, I look at Toronto over the last twenty years Mm -hmm. and real estate in general. And you've, we went like this. There was a dip for a second, and then it's still going there. And now, you know, even in in this pandemic, I think more than anything, people have realized if I'm gonna be home. I need to be in the best home that I can get. And there's been so much movement. The market has been-
0: Movement in people renovating their houses, the ones that have the house that they want, even doing rentals in their houses too, right?
1: And so it's, it's just been a thing where I see things continuing to go up. I think once they open up the borders, we're right back into the frenzy again. Mm-hmm. I mean, the benefit for buyers here is, you know, the government controls the mortgage rules and little things that they can do to tweak things, stress little tests, things, right? have made little tiny blips for a short period of yeah. time in the market, but overall, it has been a high.
0: Is it one of like, like the highest in Canada? Toronto, right?
1: Yeah, Toronto Vancouver. and Vancouver are pretty up there. Yeah, yep. So yeah, we'll see. I actually saw a friend that
0: made a reel and she, put, she bought a house in Leslieville not too long ago, but she says, this is what, You know, 1.8 can give you. And it was something that was like falling apart, (laughs) like literally falling apart. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. Well, you got to get positive. You got to get
1: creative. Yeah, definitely. There's one thing on Instagram, it's like people are really drawn to, well, beauty Mm -hmm. and food. These,
0: these, these. I'll tell you, like, the the posts that have the most. success on Instagram when it comes to food, well, I posted one of those today, are things that people can see themselves making. Mm. It's not like weird ingredients and things yeah, that are super thinks. good. Today I posted a pasta salad that has <laughs> zucchini, oh. tomatoes, it's just the dressing, it's things that people can say, yeah, I'm gonna make, I have every ingredient to make it at home, things that yeah. are relatable. Um, and yeah, a lot of people have you know, a concern more for their health and getting mm-hmm. shape shape. I think I tie health into everything I yeah, cook and, yeah. Having said that, there's no guilt when it comes to food on my end. I I think everything goes hand in hand, working out, eating healthy. My dad's a doctor. We always mm-hmm. ate lots of vegetables at home, but guilty because I'm gonna eat cake and ice cream on a Friday night? Absolutely
1: not. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it's it, not because oh. you're at CrossFit on Monday no, either.
0: No, <laughs> no, and you know what? The thing is that, and you have a daughter too, like, we have a huge responsibility. The race on um, the rise, sorry, of eating disorders in this country,
1: especially with the pandemic, mm. it's insane. Well, it's the pandemic and it's also social media. It's right? social media,
0: a hundred percent. Like I've, I've, I've seen it, you know, uh, with friends of my daughters, my daughters, it's, it's a lot, stuff that we didn't have, right? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. We have to be very, very careful with the message that we send out there when it comes to food, even on some of these brand partnerships. It's like, oh, you like if you can say that it's a like guilt free, and I'm like, no, wow. it's not. I'm not going to say that. That's not part of my vocabulary. That's not how I operate. There cannot be guilt associated with food, right? Period. So,
1: yeah.
0: And it, mostly it's geared to women. Do you see men talking about like guilt free food? Never. So. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this documentary on Netflix with Fran Lebowitz, and she was saying, like, I think Martin Scorsese was asking her, like, what's it, like your guilt, like your guilt trip, whatever food that you eat on like, like on a Friday night. And she's like, do you want me to feel guilty for eating a bag of chips when there are people like destroying
1: the world and
0: I have to feel guilty because <laughs> I'm eating a bag of chips?
1: <laughs> no, this is definitely a thing, and it, it's in particular a thing with women, and it's just like you said, men yeah. don't grow up no. with these sort of. You know, food, no. s- body weight, food things no. that that we do, and I mean, um, you know, there was a joke that they came out with this doll called Carby,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it was the Barbie that just ate carbs all day, and she I was love fat. That. <laughs> she was probably very happy. <laughs> like- I no, I coffee. just,
0: health for me, it's a number one. So for sure, my recipes are going to have a lot, of, a lot of that element in it. But I also believe that we have one life and that we can enjoy, yeah. you know, things. It sounds cliche, yeah, but it's true in moderation, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Thank you so much for watching another episode of the Build Up Podcast. You can find us everywhere that podcasts are available. On Instagram, we are at Devco. Like, subscribe, share. And if you like what you're seeing, leave us a review.